This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. More than anything, Satan wants every Christian to abandon the mission God has given them to accomplish on this earth. After all, if he was arrogant enough to try to tempt the King of Kings, how much more will he try to deceive God's children with his lies and schemes? In this short, powerful one-day message, The Temptation of Jesus in the Desert, Pastor reminds us that we too will be faced with desert temptations throughout our lifetime. Jesus crushed Satan simply by proclaiming God's Word. We are entitled to that same victory by speaking those same spiritual truths he spoke in those dry 40 days. Let's now listen to Pastor Ray and a message that will give you strength and confidence in your everyday desert battles too. I was just thinking about Jesus in the desert, how he, he was baptized in the Spirit at the time of his water baptism. It says the Holy Spirit came upon him as a dove from above. As he was praying, and a voice came from heaven and said, I'm well pleased with you, my son. You know the verse. I can't quote it exactly, but you know the verse. And then the next thing it says that he was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. So for 40 days, temptation went on in his life. Notice that is when he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and his ministry really began because he was 30 years old at that point. So. His ministry started when he was 30 years old. He got baptized with the Holy Spirit. He's led of the Spirit, and not only led of the Spirit, but he was led by the Spirit, by his own Spirit. You can't be led by the Holy Spirit unless you're in the Spirit. You have to be in the Spirit to be able to discern the voice of God and to be led by the Holy Spirit. But he was led into the desert for 40 days, and 40 days he was tempted. And what was the devil trying to do? The devil was trying to persuade him out of his call and ministry and vision and purpose for which he was sent into this earth. Uh, there are many things we can learn from these verses um, of Jesus' example in, in the desert. But the greatest example that we, I think, need to learn is that the enemy has schemes and tricks and devices and things that he has planned against God's people for a purpose. His purpose is to try to trip you up so that you won't fulfill your purpose. His purpose is that he's going to get you tempted and get you to bite the bait, try to get you, you know, his greatest, I believe his greatest tool, the greatest weapon that he has in his arsenal of weaponry is, the, is, is discouragement. He wants to come to discourage you, dissuade you, to persuade you away from fulfilling your mission, your purpose, your destiny that God has given you. And I don't know how many of you realize and understand that you were born with a destiny. You can be seated if you want, but you were born with a destiny, a purpose, that God didn't put you in this, in this, in this earth or on this earth by mistake, but you were born and you were placed here with a destiny and a purpose. And most people I know 
are so discouraged today because you've bitten the bait of the enemy. The enemy came to torment, comes to torment you, to try to trick you and to persuade you away from the plans and the purposes that God has placed in your heart. We see that in the desert. He came hoping that he could trip Jesus up. He didn't realize because the devil is so deceived, he thought he could trip up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He thought he could trip up Jesus. But for 40 days he tempted him and he tested him in the desert to no avail. Very, very interesting. Very, it says that Jesus was hungry after 40, 40 days. And the devil came to him and said, you're hungry, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus, the God part of him had the power to do that. He could have done that and he could have satisfied his own hunger. But by doing so, he would not have expressed his complete trust and abandonment to God, to the Father, to the authority of the Father and to the purpose and to the will that God had for his life and for his, his destiny to come and be the savior of mankind. So he resisted the devil. And notice that he didn't enter into a conversation with him. Notice he didn't cry and he didn't wail and he didn't... All he did is he spoke back to him and said, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, we learned something, and I think if you've been in this church for any period of time, you've learned that as the physical body needs physical food, so does the spirit of man need spiritual food. And Jesus makes that very, very clear here. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we need the word of God. And, and he, see what Jesus did is he spoke the word. He didn't cry and wail and why is, why is this temptation? He just spoke the word of God. And, and then the devil didn't give up. The devil persisted. See, now you may say, well, let me say this. Some of us may be going through challenges and difficulties in our life. And we're saying, well, why am I going through this? Well, are you any different than Jesus in his human form in this earth? If he was tempted of the devil, so will be. If the devil tried to do it to him, he's going to try to do it to every human, right? You, are you any different than any other human being on this earth? So, so if, if you're going through something, really what you've got to do is begin to realize and think that maybe the enemy is trying to trip me up. Maybe he's trying to persuade me away from my call, my purpose, my destiny because he has plans, he has schemes. So then it says the devil taking him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, and in a moment of time, the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Well, we understand, and right there is the proof that God is not in charge of this world, the devil is. People argue about that, people get offended when you say that, but it's proof right there. And it's proved over and over again because Jesus even said it. And he said, he said that he called Satan the God of this earth. Paul mentioned it too, the prince of this, of this world. So we understand from the scriptures that, um, that Satan is the ruler of this earth. And he said to Jesus, I'll give you whatever. I'll give you just, just uh, he said, 
just um, come up to this mountain. He says, just bow down to me and I'll give, you, I'll, give, I'll give it to you. And he says, and therefore, if you will worship me, all of this will be yours. Jesus said to him again, I mean, he said, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And you see, the devil was trying to get him to bow down to him, trying to appeal to him, appeal to the carnal part of man that likes success. And not that success is evil or wrong. What's wrong with success and money is when that becomes your God, when you'll do anything to get it, when you'll compromise your walk, you'll compromise the principles of God's word to try to succeed and to try to advance yourself. And, and he says, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give it all to you. And all Jesus looked at him and said, he gave him the word again. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve. You're not here to serve money. You're not here to serve, you know, things, material things. You're here to serve the living God. And the devil will try to trick you with this. He'll try to draw you away. He'll entice you, you know. But Jesus because he has devices, he has plans, he has tricks. And what is his ultimate purpose? Is to try to pull you away, try to trip you up, try to get you away from the destiny and the purpose that you have. And there are a lot of people, I believe, that are walking in the, in the kingdom today, believers who love God, but will never come to the fullness of their purpose and destiny in their life because they have been hoodwinked by the devil because they have fallen for one of his schemes, one of his tricks, one of his temptations, one of the things. And let me tell you what, not everything that the devil uses to trick you looks bad. I'm sure that gold and everything looked wonderful when it was put before Jesus. I'm sure the temptation to turn bread into stone was really, really big because that looked good. Yeah, I could do that right now and satisfy my hunger. So not everything that, that the enemy puts in our, our way is going to be bad or, or, or unhealthy or sinful. Sometimes it's just distractions in our life that get our attention off of our purpose and, and our destiny. And, and here, let me say this, in our usefulness in the kingdom of God. I'm tired of seeing the world get the benefit of the gifts and the anointings that God has put upon his people. I'm tired of seeing good, you know, believers, people who really love God, get hoodwinked by the enemy and go follow other things in the world and leave the church behind and leave the things of God second to the world. Really compromising the gift that God has given you. Compromising the anointing that God has put upon your life because you're using it in the world or using it in some other place and you should be using it in the kingdom of God. I don't know, I think like I'm talking to somebody here today. Our, our, our gifts and talents and abilities, we ought to bring them to the Lord and honor God with them. And that shouldn't be second place. That shouldn't be an afterthought. And in a way, we bow down to those things and, and we, we, we've been hoodwinked by the enemy uh, thinking that somehow, you know, going this way or going that way is going to fulfill me. But the only thing that's going to fulfill you is when you use what God's given you for the purposes of the kingdom of God and you keep God first and foremost. I'm gonna tell you right now that the body of Christ is suffering because there are too many people that have put church 
their gift and, and its operation in the church second to their own desires, their own plans, and they've gone off in all other directions and they're not using what God has gifted them for, for, for the purpose of building the kingdom. And that's what, that's what the enemy was trying to trick Jesus into and has unfortunately tricked a lot of well-meaning believers that our gift is no longer being used for the kingdom. It's being used for other purposes. And Jesus just plainly turned around and said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Him only shall you serve. You don't serve money. You don't serve fame. You don't serve advancement. You don't, that's not what you, you serve the living God. And when you serve the living God with all that you have, all of those things, you seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and these things, all of these things that you need and want and desire shall be added unto you. I'm tired as a pastor seeing the body of Christ being raped and robbed of the gifts that belong in the house going out somewhere else and being used in the world or in places that God never designed. They belong in the house of God. They belong for the purposes of building the kingdom of God, building a strong kingdom that will stand up against the forces of darkness and stand up against the, evil's pl the evil plots and plans and devices and schemes of the enemy. So he said, Therefore, he said, um, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. Again, he speaks the word. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. That's a word. That's a message to all of us that we worship the Lord God only, and only him do we serve. And I think some of us need to get on our faces before God and decide, you know, what is our service to the Lord? What are we supposed to be doing? And that doesn't mean that I'm just hither and yonder and all over the place like an island unto myself, because that doesn't work. That's divided. Anything divided can't stand. God only works in unity. God works under the authority that he set in motion. That's how he works. It's his law. It's his principle. It's, his, it's the way he set up things. He was the originator of authority. He is the ultimate authority. And he confers authority upon the local church to be powerful and to be mighty and to be strong. So we're supposed to be worshiping him and serving him only and not be distracted hither and yonder and all over the place. It's time for the people, and maybe I'm preaching to the choir here tonight, but that's okay. You can take this message and go pre preach it to somebody who needs to hear it. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give, you, give angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So, tried to get him to prove himself. We don't have to prove ourselves to anybody. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. You don't prove yourself. You ought to know who you are. 
And the way you know who you are is you know whose you are. You belong to the living God. And, and, and Jesus just turned to him once again. He, did, he wasn't hoodwinked. He, he un, see, there are devices, there are plans, there are schemes, there are tricks of the enemy to try to bring you down, to try to, try to separate you, to try to uh, make you ineffective for the kingdom of God. And you're running around doing all this stuff and you think you're effective, but you're not. You're doing all this kind of stuff and all, just because you have activity doesn't mean you have the will of God. Just because you have activity doesn't mean that you have progress. Do you know that, do you know that when Cain killed Abel, do you know the curse that was put upon Cain? It says that God sent him out into the world to wander. That was the curse, he wandered. Wandering is a curse. Wanderers are, that's a curse. And the devil loves to get people in the wandering mode. It's time for us to get ourselves planted, firmly fixed in the house of God to serve him. And we're going to worship God only and serve only God. <laughs> and we're not going to try to have to, you know, prove ourselves to anybody because we already know whose we are. And when we know whose we are, we know who we are with all of the rights and the privileges and the authority that God has put within our lives. And then verse 13 says something very interesting. He says, now when the devil had ended every temptation, now remember for 40 days he was tempted. We don't know, we don't know anything about those other temptations. But I'll just, I'll just venture a guess here. I'll just say that he was tempted with every possible temptation that you and I would ever go through. And yet he sustained every one of those temptations. So the enemy hurled it at him and he stood there and said, down, destroyed, doesn't work, don't receive it, won't take it. Every one of those temptations that, he, that were hurled at him by the enemy, he just flung them to the ground and trampled on top of them. Probably by the word of God, just like he did in these three that are lifted out of the 40 days of his temptation. And then it says in verse 13, it says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. In other words, just because he won this particular warfare didn't mean there wasn't going to be another battle or another challenge. Just because he won this didn't mean there wouldn't be another come around, another go around another time that the enemy would come around to try to tempt him all over again. And isn't that the way it works in our life? And I love when it says that Jesus stood and withstood every single temptation because we know it, it, the Bible teaches us that he was tempted in every point just as you and I are yet without sin. He, the Bible also says we have a sympathetic high priest who was tempted in every way so that he can sympathize with our weaknesses because he whipped the devil in the desert and took all authority and power and gave it to you and to me. Let me remind you of a verse of scripture. Let me remind you. Luke 10, 18. And he said to them, Behold, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you 
power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In other words, we have authority not only over sickness and disease, but over every scheme and trick, every booby trap, everything that the enemy might set in our way. We have total and absolute, without a question, without a doubt, there was nothing doubtful in what Jesus said to his disciples and likewise said to us, Behold, I give unto you power, dunamis power, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all. Everybody say all. That means every trick, every scheme, every device, but you've got to become wise to what the devil's doing. And that's where I believe God's people are missing it. You are not wise to the devil's tricks and schemes and booby traps and the, the things that he set up for you. We've got to become wise to what the enemy is doing and then take the authority that God has given us, smash his head just like Jesus did in the desert, speak the word of God to him. He hurls it at you, you hurl it back at him. It is written, 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 it is written. Remember what Jesus told the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. In my name they will cast out demons. That sounds like what we just read in Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 18 and 19. They will cast out demons. All power and authority is given to you to tread on scorpions and, and, and uh, snakes and scorpions and over all the power all the power, all the power of the enemy. Nothing, nothing by any means will hurt you. Well, he says, in my name, you'll cast out demons. You'll cast out demons. You'll speak with new tongues. You'll pick up serpents, not on purpose, but by accident. And if they drink any deadly thing, not on purpose, but by accident, it will by no means hurt you. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That sounds like an army that's empowered by the anointing of God. Right? But you, you cannot allow the enemy to trick you. You cannot allow the enemy to get you off course. You cannot allow the enemy to use one of his schemes or tricks, just like he tried to get Jesus in the desert to abandon the mission. It's time for us to wake up to the tricks of the enemy. It's time for us to take the authority that God has given us. It's time for us to recommit ourselves to God's service, to God's kingdom, to God's work and God's work alone. That's what we ought to put first and foremost in our lives and stop being distracted with all the stuff that glitters and all the stuff that glows and all of the stuff around us that draws us away from that simple commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, to serve him, to love him, to follow him, to use first and foremost the gifts and abilities that God's given us to further the kingdom of God, to build the local church, to help people to get saved and to have a house where they can come and get cleaned up and get refreshed and get built up and get helped and get fixed in the kingdom of God. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.